The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Another deadly outbreak of Ebola recently ravaged parts of Central and West Africa. Initial fears that it could break out into a worldwide pandemic seemed to have faded as one country after another brought the plague under control. But Ebola remains one of the most feared and dangerous plagues. The greatest fear is that this or another strain of Ebola will mutate to an airborne state. Most authorities say there is little threat of that, but it can't be ruled out entirely. And if that occurred, it would become a nightmare that even Hollywood would have difficulty replicating on the big screen. The entire world would be at risk. No country would be immune, and the world's healthcare systems would be totally overwhelmed. Ebola kills somewhere between 25 and 90 percent of its victims, depending on the specific strain. To combat this threat, Reuters news agency reported in September 2014 that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation pledged $50 million on Wednesday to support emergency efforts to contain West Africa's Ebola epidemic, which has already killed almost 2,300 people and the worst outbreak of the virus in history. Many thousands have since died and continue to die as of the recording of this program in July 2015. But the question is, will this infusion of money from governments, foundations, and other philanthropic groups solve the problem? As sincere as everyone may be, should we not also want to know why does Africa experience periodic episodes of Ebola while other parts of the world don't? What is its true cause? Can it be prevented? And will it always be confined to Africa, or will the epidemic one day spread beyond that continent? We can't hide from the fact that any transmissible disease is only a plane flight away from one part of the world to another. Never in the history of man have we been so vulnerable to the spread of deadly pathogens. What would happen if Ebola spread to Europe, China, America, or India? Do you and your loved ones have reason to worry? On today's program, I'm going to turn to an ancient source and prove to you that Ebola, SARS, and many other fearful diseases are entirely preventable. Stay tuned. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where we offer real solutions to real problems facing our world today. An ancient but well-documented and well-known source reveals that the Ebola virus, along with many other deadly pathogens such as that which caused the SARS epidemic of 2002 and 2003, need never affect mankind. Do you realize, my friends, that these diseases are totally preventable? And if mankind followed simple instructions recorded nearly 3,500 years ago, no one would ever have reason to fear Ebola, SARS, MERS, trichinosis, or a host of other deadly diseases. Where can we find that ancient source of wisdom? 
What does it reveal that mankind, with all of our intelligence and resources, doesn't understand today? Believe it or not, the time is coming when no one will ever die from these easily preventable diseases that strike fear into the hearts of men and women around the world. Yes, that time is coming, but not until mankind learns a painful lesson. And it won't come about because of some generous financial gift from the Gates Foundation. In their sincere attempt at overcoming the current problem, while they are helping to stop what has already started, they, along with governments and medical agencies, are sadly missing the mark. That ancient source that I'm referring to is the Bible. And in the book of Proverbs, a book found in the Bible, in chapter 26 and verse 2, it gives us a very simple principle. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. As well-meaning as many individuals, healthcare workers, and foundations may be, efforts for curing the long-term problem of Ebola are misguided. Now please don't misunderstand. Those who put their money where their mouth is deserve our respect. They are to be applauded, and we can truly and sincerely thank God for those who put themselves in harm's way by caring for the sick and dying. They're very special and courageous people. So please understand, this is not an attack on any foundation, government, or individual who is actually doing something to care for the sick and stop this from spreading further. The problem is that Ebola is a symptom and mankind is only treating the symptom and not the cause. According to the Reuters report, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has donated $50 million to treat the effects and not the cause. Consider how the money is being spent. The U.S.-based philanthropic foundation said it would release funds immediately to the United Nations agencies and international organizations to help them buy supplies and scale up the emergency response in affected countries. It will also work with public and private sector partners to speed up the development of drugs, vaccines, and diagnostics that could be effective in treating Ebola patients and preventing further spread of the hemorrhagic fever-causing virus. Now, one can only hope that by the time this program is aired, this current outbreak will no longer be a threat. But notice that not a single penny in this report is directed at the cause of the problem. The report does refer to developing vaccines, but do they truly address the root problem or are they merely dealing with symptoms? Is there a better way? I'll address that in the next portion of our program, but at this time I'd like to offer you one of the most important pieces of literature that you can ever read, the Bible, fact or fiction. Many think the Bible is an outdated book that has little, if anything, to do with their personal lives. But as we shall see in a few minutes, nothing could be further from the truth. It has everything to do with your personal life, and it gives instructions that, if followed, would put an end to Ebola, SARS, and a host of other deadly diseases. Along with the Bible fact or fiction, we will send you the article, Do You Really Want to Eat That?, that explains the key to preventing many modern and ancient afflictions. So be sure to call, write, or go online to receive your own free copy of the Bible fact or fiction, and do you really want to eat that? 
For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. Or call this toll-free number, 1-800-493-5437. That number again is 1-800-493-5437. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World, call now. Welcome back. We appreciate and applaud sincere and courageous efforts of individuals fighting the deadly Ebola problem. Such efforts are well-meaning, and at this stage they are necessary, but the big picture goes unrecognized. The plain truth is that mankind would do well to come to grips with the cause of the problem. The preventative solution to the scourge of Ebola involves right education and changed habits. It may come as a shock, but the cause, as well as the solution, was recorded in the Bible nearly 3,500 years ago. If mankind followed its simple instructions, Ebola, SARS, MERS, and many other plagues would be no more than footnotes in history. These diseases are totally preventable. Scientists, healthcare professionals, national leaders, and philanthropic foundations have failed miserably in educating people with the only true solution to these problems. And it's not as though the causes are unknown. In many cases, they are. But what should be the obvious response to the cause is rarely, if ever, applied. Let's go back to the SARS outbreak in 2002 and 2003. Even though severe acute respiratory syndrome was something new, scientists knew exactly where to look for its source, the meat market. Why? Scientists know from past experience where these pathogens come from and how they enter the human race. They know these pathogens originate in animals and are transmitted through contact with them. As with SARS, scientists are looking at the meats people eat in West Africa where Ebola breaks out from time to time. As this EMED TV article explains, the exact origin, locations, and natural habitat, known as the natural reservoir of Ebola virus, remain unknown. However, on the basis of available evidence and the nature of similar viruses, researchers believe that the Ebola virus lives in an animal host that is native to the African continent. They continue to search for the exact animal. No less a source than the World Health Organization explains that infection occurs as a result of handling fruit bats and bushmeat. Ebola is introduced into the human population through close contact with the blood, secretions, organs, or other bodily fluids of infected animals. In Africa, infection has been documented through the handling of infected chimpanzees, gorillas, fruit bats, monkeys, forest antelope, and porcupines found ill or dead in the rainforest. 
What is known is that fruit bats and various so-called bushmeat animals can be infected with the virus. This is fact. What is not known for sure is where the Ebola virus begins. But one particular source is highly suspect, and that is the fruit bat, which is a part of the diet of some Central and West Africans. Note this headline and subhead from the journal Nature. Fruit bats as reservoir of Ebola virus. Bat species eaten by people in Central Africa show evidence of symptomless Ebola infection. The article explains that these fruit bats are carriers of the virus, but they are asymptomatic, meaning the virus is not a problem for them. They are, in effect, carriers of the virus that causes Ebola. So while it remains to be seen whether they are the original source, what is clearly known is that these fruit bats are a source of the virus, and when handled in food preparation, they can transmit the virus to man, and it then spreads from person to person by way of bodily fluids. Since people in Central and West Africa eat these bats, along with bushmeats that are infected with the virus, Ebola breaks out from time to time. Do you realize that the Bible gives explicit instructions to avoid the very animals that transmit to humans Ebola, as well as SARS, trichinosis, and many other deadly diseases? What mankind doesn't seem to understand is that the very one who created all life forms on planet Earth knows what is best for us, but we never seem to listen. All we care about is what tastes good. Look at a very small child and what he puts in his mouth virtually anything he gets his hands on. Parents have to teach their children that some things were never meant to be eaten, such as dirt and various poisonous plants. It's too bad that as adults, we don't listen to our Heavenly Father. We learn from the Bible that God preserved animal life through a universal flood by bringing two of every kind of animal, a male and a female, aboard a very large barge-like boat. Noah didn't have to bring two of every breed of species of dogs, as two dogs were sufficient to produce all the varieties we currently see. And it was the same for the feline, bovine, and every other kind of animal. Notice the instructions Noah was given found in Genesis 6, verses 19 and 20. And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark, to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive." Now this is generally understood by people everywhere who have at least a minimal understanding of the Bible, even those who have never read it. Artistic portrayals show animals of various kinds going aboard the ark two by two, two giraffes, two elephants, two cows, and two of various kinds of birds. But here is something that few understand. Noah was to take more of a certain kind of animals than of others. Genesis 7 and verse 2. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female. Two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Why the difference? What does it mean clean and unclean? Genesis doesn't tell us, but Noah obviously knew the difference, and the Bible does reveal this knowledge in later books. 
Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, the third and the fifth books of the Bible, spell out the precise difference between clean and unclean animals. The distinction involves whether or not an animal is fit for human consumption. Let's notice that in Leviticus the 11th chapter and verses 2 and 3. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hoofs, and chewing the cud, that you may eat. God gave mankind a very simple test to know which animals He created to be eaten by man. They must chew the cud and have hoofs that are split into two parts. Cattle, sheep, deer, goats are among those that chew the cud and have split hoofs. And these are eaten and enjoyed in most parts of the world. The scripture then goes on to define how to determine which animals were not created by God to be eaten by man. And these are called unclean for a reason. They are carriers of parasites and pathogens that can be passed on to man. We find the list in verses 4 through 8. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that chew the cud or those that have cloven hoofs. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hoofs, is unclean to you. The rock hyrax, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hoofs, is unclean to you. The hare, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hoofs, is unclean to you. And the swine, or pig, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hoofs, yet does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses, or their dead bodies, you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. God also created sea life with two simple characteristics that would indicate whether or not they're clean. They must have both fins and scales. If they're missing one or the other, they're unclean and are not fit for human consumption. Many sea creatures are commonly consumed around the world which God never intended for man to eat. When we consider the nature and habits of these so-called delicacies, we find, as Dr. Douglas Winnale explains in his eye-opening article, that we are eating nature's cleanup crew. Regarding clams, oysters, mussels, and scallops, he points out, as stationary filter-feeding mollusks, they pump large amounts of water over their mucus-covered gills, trapping tiny pieces of food, silt, plant debris, bacteria, viruses, which they then eat. As a result, mussels and other animals feeding on the microscopic particles are the ultimate scavengers of the sea. Filter-feeding organisms are the vacuum cleaners for aquatic environments. Their role is to purify the water. We're offering Dr. Douglas Winnale's full article on this subject along with our booklet, The Bible Fact or Fiction. Just call the number shown on your screen and we'll send you both of these items absolutely free of charge. This is information you need to protect you and your family. So don't put it off. Take the number down and call us for these two important publications. And if you get a busy signal, try again in five or ten minutes. For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. Or call this toll-free number, 1-800-493-5437.
That number again is 1-800-493-5437. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World Magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World, call now. While animals and fish must each have two very easy to discern characteristics, clean or unclean birds can be known by comparing the examples given in Scripture. In his treatise titled, do you really want to eat that? Dr. Douglas Winnale explains the following regarding what the Bible teaches about birds and flying creatures. Essentially, all the excluded fowl are either birds of prey or scavengers like vultures and seagulls. Their dietary habits of eating the flesh and blood of their prey or carrion make these birds potential agents for transmitting disease. Predatory fish-eating birds tend to accumulate high levels of toxic chemicals in their bodies. And Leviticus 11.19 includes one other flying creature that is to be avoided as unclean, unfit for human consumption, the bat. Since God created all creatures, He designed them to have easy-to-discern characteristics that would be signs to man that an animal is either clean, meaning fit for human consumption, or unclean, meaning not fit for human consumption. The civet cat is among the unclean and was found to be a carrier of the deadly SARS virus. However, while this unclean animal is definitely at the center of the outbreak that killed some 900 people, later research suggests the genesis of the outbreak may have been another source. From a September 12, 2005 article in the magazine Science, we read of the connection between bats and SARS. In searching for a reservoir, microbiologist Kwok Young Yuen of the University of Hong Kong and colleagues sampled monkeys, rodents, and several species of bats in the hinterlands of Hong Kong. The SARS-like virus was found in 39% of swabs collected from Chinese horseshoe bats, which are both eaten and used in traditional Chinese medicine. This seems to be corroborated by another study. The CBC, that is the Canadian Broadcasting Company, reported on this American study. U.S. researchers were not the first to suggest bats were the source of SARS, but said they had done the largest and most comprehensive analysis of the origin of the coronavirus, which causes SARS. The researchers studied genetic data from hundreds of virus samples taken from humans, various bats, civets, raccoon badgers, and pigs. The researchers found that the SARS virus traveled from bats to humans to civets and pigs and late in the outbreak back to humans. What is interesting about this report is that every animal along the chain is biblically unclean. So if Chinese, American, and other researchers are correct, SARS and Ebola can be traced back to the handling, preparation, and consumption of bats. Animals eat primarily by instinct. They don't have to be taught. Crabs and lobsters eat any kind of dead creature they come across. Pigs and dogs will consume their own waste. Crows and vultures enjoy what we call roadkill. 
As mature adults, we wouldn't think of eating these things, but a very small child may sample them if left to himself. This is why loving parents guide their children in what is good for them, teaching them that taste is not all that counts. Some things that taste good can make us sick or even kill us. Some do so quickly, while others accumulate toxic chemicals in our bodies over a period of years. One danger found in unclean animals is that of parasitic worms. These parasites may be harmless to the host animal, but they can be harmful and even deadly to humans who inadvertently consume them. Trichinosis is a small worm that lives in the muscle tissue of pigs, bears, rats, and some other animals. Sickness and even death caused by this hardy worm is still a major problem in much of the underdeveloped world but it's considered rare in most developed countries due to strict standards of what can be fed hogs and knowledge among the general population that pork products should be thoroughly cooked. Yet as the famous American actor Yul Brynner, who played Pharaoh in the movie The Ten Commandments learned the painful way, it can still be found in the finest restaurants. A July-August 1982 Saturday Evening Post article had this to say about this hardy parasite. Trichinosis is generally believed to be a rarity. This view, though hallucinated, is not altogether without explanation. Outbreaks of trichinosis are seldom widely publicized. They are seldom even recognized. Trichinosis is the chameleon of diseases. As a diagnostic deadfall, it is practically unique. The number and variety of ailments with which it is more or less commonly confused approach the encyclopedic. They include arthritis, conjunctivitis, food poisoning, lead poisoning, heart disease, laryngitis, mumps, asthma, rheumatism, rheumatic fever, gout, tuberculosis, influenza, nephritis, peptic ulcer, appendicitis, scarlet fever, typhoid fever, paratyphoid fever, undulant fever, encephalitis, and gastroenteritis. And the list goes on before concluding, with all the rich inducements to error, a sound diagnosis of trichinosis is rarely made. This Saturday Evening Post article also reveals, although medical science is unable to terminate or even lessen the severity of an assault of trichinosis, no disease is easier to dodge. There are several dependable means of evasion. Abstention from pork is, of course, one. It is also the most venerable, having been known, vigorously recommended, and widely practiced for at least 3,000 years. Some authorities, in fact, regard the mosaic prescription of pork as a pioneering step in the development of preventive medicine. Bible prophecy tells us that massive pandemics will occur at the end of the age and will kill hundreds of millions. This will no doubt be the result, one way or another, of mankind disregarding our Creator's loving instructions. If you'd like to learn more about this subject, call the number shown on your screen to order your free copy of the Bible Fact or Fiction, along with Dr. Douglas S. Winnell's report titled, Do You Really Want to Eat That? Now to learn more about how the Bible is an up-to-date book, that is important to your everyday life and your future, please come back next time to Tomorrow's World. Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, and I will bring you the real solutions to today's problems straight from the pages of your Bible. 
and give you the good news of the coming kingdom of God when the true causes of these dreaded diseases will be understood and they will no longer plague mankind. See you next time. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.